Come in close. Closer. Because now you know our secret. We could be anywhere watching you. We're looking for someone to help us with our next trick. On the count of three, open your ears and tell us what you hear. One, One two. two. Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. You can't handle the truth. King Kong ain't got shit on me. I am I'm so much crazier than you. I am the one who knocks. Go ahead. Make my day. Let's stay, big boy. Let's bright. Fuck you. Everybody on? Good. Great. Grand. Wonderful. Welcome to Facing Off podcast where we share our opinions about two movies we find to be similar by comparing, contrasting, and rating them. I am Gaby Ocean, and this is my second horseman, Nick. What's up, Nick? I'm Gabe, by the way. I'm Nick. Uh, there's only two horsemen now. Yeah, Dang. that's true. Hey, Nick, by the way, right now you're already breaking the first rule of magic. What? Always be the smartest guy in the room. Oh, you. Boom. Boom. Damn. Smart as shit, dude. Been roasted. Yeah, what's up, man? How you uh how's everything going? You got any like thing you wanna maybe announce? <laughs> yes, I got I got engaged Woo! in Hawaii. So I'm um very excited. Yeah, it was perfect. Congrats, so. man. Thanks, it looked man. it looked very cute. I liked your Facebook post yeah, about it. Yeah, we tried yeah, we we waited because uh, otherwise we'd just be on the social meds for the whole rest of the time. We were in this like beautiful paradise. Oh yeah. Besides true. Honolulu, if any of our uh, fans are are um, Honolulian, Honoluluans, your city's not that great. Whoa, fucking shots fired. It's kind fired. of uh, our friend Jimmy. Jimmy described it as. Uh, oh, he or, ended up going. No, no, he oh. he's heard it described as a worse L.A. And it is, <laughs> it is like a worse L.A. Yeah. It's like, but uh, but the rest of the trip, it's, it was beautiful. The engagement was. Um, uh, it was perfect, so it was awesome. Great, like, man! Uh, yeah. I'm glad you guys had fun out We're there. We're very excited. Um, but yeah, how are you? Anything uh, new for you? I'm uh, doing all right. Yeah, nothing, nothing really new. I actually, my roommate uh, has uh, Alec Goldberg. He has uh, a little like production team now, and he was shooting his first short film that he was directing. And so I went on the set um, from about like 4 p.m. We went in downtown LA, kind of a sketch part in front of this like laundromat on Alvarado. <laughs> and uh, right next to that big park, MacArthur Park. Oh, um, yeah, totally. And uh, we filmed from 4 to like 12, 15 at night. Wait, when was that? You didn't tell me about this. This was like, I, I think it was Wednesday. Um, okay, cool. Honestly, it, it was amazing. I'm so glad I got the opportunity to be on a set. I know it was like, it was a small set, but just seeing how long it takes to get small shots. Like this short film was probably going to be like six to eight minutes long, depending on how they edit it. And it takes hours. And yeah. what we were filming was probably two to two to three minutes of the entire thing. Wow. And it just takes so long to do different sets. So it just gives you an appreciation for that. Um, Very cool, That'll be man. cool. Yeah, he's got a music video coming out soon. It'll be cool. Um, uh, before we get into anything, I want to give a few shout-outs. Uh, first shout-out, uh, my friend Andy Aguirre from Los Gatos. Uh, I saw him last week when I was home for Thanksgiving. And he... Um, he told me, yeah, I didn't even know this. Cause like, I, I haven't talked to him that much in the last few years, but like, uh, he told me he listens to every single one of our episodes. He loves them. 
Like he was just like kind of quoting certain things that we said. He's an awesome dude. So <laughs> it'd be awesome to have Andy on at some point. Shout out to Andy. That's awesome. Yeah, he's cool. You'd really like him. Uh, other shout outs. Otto coming in with, with the, the hate first mail. hate mail. Super funny email he sent us. All of you guys who haven't sent us an email, we don't like you until you send us mean uh, hate mail. So uh, Otto daring is the, you. Otto's the president of my Ridiculous Laughs fan club. So. Oh, yeah. Look at that. He does have a really funny laugh. Me? Oh, he likes your he's laugh. The, yeah, he's the yeah. he's the president of my laughs fan club. Oh yeah, true. Right? Otto? Yeah, that hurt my head. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Otto's awesome. So thanks for doing that, and thanks for listening and giving us feedback. And the last one is Connor McKinnon. We probably should have given him a shout out before, but C-Mac. he created our well, I sort of created our our poster, but then he made it way better. And uh, he's going to be coming up with some musical cues for us. So hurry up with that, Connor. But thank yeah, you. Get on it. Thank you. Yeah. And then uh, before you get into the synopsis, spoiler alert. If you haven't seen Ocean's Eleven or Now You See Me, we're going to spoil them. You probably should have seen them. They're both extremely popular movies. So there you go. Turn it off now if you haven't. Yeah. Get into it, Nick. Uh, I'll do one get shout out too. <laughs> I'll oh. get the synopsis. I want to also want to do a shout out to my now fiance Julie. Oh, and uh, she's going to be on our show pretty yeah, soon. Yeah, next episode I think for uh, so for some rom coms so we can yeah. get some um, some uh, lady input on our man show. Lady input on our man show, and you know we we can have the cute couple, the cute uh, almost newlyweds, the yeah, newly engaged. Not almost, but yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. All right, synopsis time. Yeah, let's do okay. it. Okay. So, today, in this, is it still the a.m.? It's the morning. Yeah, it's This morning, this afternoon, oh, yeah. this afternoon, we are going to talk about Ocean's Eleven and Now You See Me, which are two uh, heist films. Ocean's Eleven centers around the recently unincarcerated Danny Ocean's plan to rob his ex-wife's new boyfriend's three casinos. Uh, George Clooney, Brad Pitt... Matt Damon, Ross's dad from Friends, War Machine, James Cann's son, Ben Affleck's brother, <laughs> Rob Reiner's dad, a five-foot-tall, 95-pound Asian man, the uh, tech guy, and uh, the infamous and hilarious Bernie Mac might be the coolest person Techno alive. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Those are Ocean's Eleven. They rob Andy Garcia's uh, casino by posing as, uh, among other things, a gaming commission agent, a SWAT team, a doctor, and a Russian millionaire. Yeah. Uh, they cut the power. Who they wants re- to be a Russian millionaire? <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to be a Russian millionaire? Who wants to be a Russian millionaire? They rob Andy Garcia's casino, and they do it Straight by cutting up. the power. Um, they recreate the vault. They set a time delay on the casino's surveillance cameras. Uh, there's a lot of bravado involved. Uh, it's all very uh, scientific. It's all very scientific. I'm not going to get into it right now. And uh, yeah, they remove the cash by posing as a SWAT team, which was pretty cool. Yeah. And uh, as a side note, Brad Pitt eats the whole time, and it's low key disgusting. Oh, I got a cool fact. Nobody about licks that. their fingers that much. I got a fun piece of trivia for that. Yeah, he's gross. I'll, I'll, we'll talk it? about it later. Okay. He, dude, he licks his fingers. No, so I'll just lot. tell He's you right like, now. In the scene where he eats the shrimp, they had to film that for so long that he ended up eating forty shrimp cocktail sh- shrimp in a in a row. That's disgusting. Yeah, yummy though. Yeah. Uh, now you see me is set in some ridiculous fantasy world in which magicians are cool. 
And also, there are more than three magicians who everybody knows at a given time. Um, it's bizarre. Jesse Eisenberg, Woody Harrelson, Isla Fisher, and Dave Franco are those famous magicians, and they play the Four Horsemen, which is a group of magicians assembled by, spoiler alert, Mark Ruffalo, who is actually posing as a, an FBI agent with daddy issues for the majority Ooh, of the movie. Daddy. Uh, <laughs> the, the Four Horsemen are tasked tasked with using their magic powers or illusionary powers. Yeah. I don't know. A lot of it is legit wizard shit. I, uh, I believe in magic. And they, um, they basically rob multiple people, give the money to the masses and, or shove it all into, um, into Morgan, Morgan Freeman's Land Rover. Uh, yeah. and then, they, they do all of this in order to show themselves worthy of entering some sort of magician's guild and then setting up um, like a ridiculous ill-fated the guild sequel. of magicians. <laughs> the, the guild of magicians. Uh, <laughs> that's yeah, good. Thank you. That's pretty much it. Yeah, the reason why we're doing this is just like these are two big ensemble heist movies yeah. that are just ridiculous. And they're both fun. They're both entertaining uh, movies. But, and they kind of, you have to suspend disbelief for both of them. But right. like one is like a believable thing. And one is like set in a world where, as you said, they like people actually care about. Apparently multiple sequels. Yeah. Because you just told me before we started recording that now you see me has a, a second sequel coming. Yeah. It has a second sequel. It has, okay. it, yeah, it, it, it's ridiculous. Uh, I, I don't know, but yeah. we'll get into it. Yikes. They're very successful movies. Right. So um, that's the reasons why. Uh, we're going to just get into the rating. Uh, once again, our rating system is one to seven. Uno to siete. Yeah. Those, uh, who speak Spanish. Yes. Uh, very tolerant and uh, welcoming of you. Mm -hmm. uh, four will be, you know, average or neutral, and then you can kind of figure it out from there. Seven just being well above average or great, and one being awful. Um, and so we're going to use five categories with a little twist um, because we're doing heist movies this time. Uh, our categories are going to be actoring, spectacularity, eye candy, legacy, and art of the steel. Mm. So it's a little shout out to uh, our president, our dear 40, friend, number forty-five, our dear dear friend Donald Trump, oh, whose name what? appears too many times in Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, it uh, has an H. Well, all right, uh, let's <laughs> kick it off, big boy, with actoring. Actoring. Uh, let's do actually. Okay, we'll do Now You See Me first. Okay. But I just want to mention something that is spectacular about this. Can Which movie... So these both have huge acting ensembles. Yes. And when we talk about actoring, we typically talk about um, how good or bad the acting was, but also how, uh, how great the script was or uh, if the directing allowed those actors to work at the best of their abilities or everything around them allowed them to. Are they believable characters that we care about? Right. And so, because these are two big acting ensembles, I want you to guess which movie has a cast with more combined Academy Award nominations. Well, I know that since you're asking me this, it's somehow going to be Now You See Me. It's not. It's not, but Is if close? you add up just acting nominations, so I'm not counting directing and producing, which Brad Pitt and... Uh, oh, yeah. Um... Clooney? And, and Clooney have both won for. Okay. Uh, and Matt Damon, I think. Um, yeah. Yes. Uh, so the total acting nominations for Now You See Me out of that cast is 18. 
Because Michael Caine has been nominated six times for Michael the Oscars. Caine. And uh, I Michael think Morgan Caine. Freeman's been nominated five times. Oh, and yeah. so, and they've each won once. Right. Um, and so, <laughs> yeah, so it's 18. O- Ocean's 11, 19. <laughs> like, that's so ridiculous when that's you think so about the quality absurd. of acting between these two movies. That's so ridiculous. But they both have amazing ensembles. So uh, why don't you mention? Why, why don't you talk about what you gave Now You See Me out of seven? Okay, so my rating for Now You See Me out of seven is four. Okay, for acting. For actoring, because I actually don't think the acting, with the exception of Dave Franco. Who is just not a good actor? Uh, he's a very poopy much. butt actor um, for sure. You know, poopy, your thing is poopy butt. Dude. <laughs> it's so funny. I've been. I see. I see your tweets. Yeah. Um, Dave Franco's not good, but everyone else is. I think is is doing a great job acting. I forgot to mention in my synopsis because it didn't make sense to put it in there that Melanie Laurent is in this movie. Yeah, she's great. She's great. It's kind of a tough break for her to be in like a role like that, right, but yeah. she's so cool. Yeah. She just she's plays just, herself, I'm pretty sure. And I mean, like, she's dope. I mean, uh, okay, so there's another exception. I really hate Jesse Eisenberg most of the time in mostly everything. Yeah, I'll talk about that. Um, a bit. But he's not good in this. But for the mo- but he's also not like bad necessarily. You just don't believe him in the role of like the lover. Like it's Jesse Eisenberg, but yeah, okay. I, I, let me just jump into that. Yeah. In, like, what universe is Jesse Eisenberg, like, a sex icon? The same universe in which magicians are sex icons. are sex icons. Like, I could name you one magician who's a sex icon. Chris David Angel. Copperfield. Damn, Damn it. it. <laughs> <laughs> they both are sex Chris icons. Chris Angel is not a sex dude, icon, Chris dude. Angel's hot as shit. Dude, He's a email rock star. us if you, wanna, if you want Chris Angel anywhere near you, let alone in your bed. Please let us know oh, so that we can get you some some help. Well, there are some hotlines you can call. That's true. Um, All right, continue. But seriously, like I just think that it's this the script isn't great, but I feel like the actors are putting in enough of a performance to to make it a four and not like one of our less favorable um, ratings. And so that's that's why I give it a four. Not so great script, mostly good acting, with the exception of Davy Franks and Jesse Eisenberg. I. Yeah, that's fair. I personally think that Mark Ruffalo is the worst. It, just because Mark Ruffalo is such a good actor, he's been nominated for three Oscars, and I think he's very obnoxious in the beginning. And there's something I'm going to tell you. Wait. I'm going to talk about that. Wait, I'm skeptical about that. No. That's just Mark Ruffalo. Oh, yeah, yeah. The entire movie. <laughs> wait, no, hold on, hold on. Wait, wait. Do you mean to tell... Wait, say that again? Did you say magicians? Yeah, <laughs> hold on, hold on. Uh, it's magic. The whole movie is just like... <laughs> I don't think that that's true. So but then you just find out that <laughs> that is the twist him. of the movie. <laughs> that's so true. That is him. The whole movie. Uh, no, I don't believe. So that. I gave it a three. I gave it slightly below. I think that Fair. it's got an amazing ensemble cast. Obviously, you know, we mentioned that they all, all of them have been nominated. You also got like cool side actors like Isla. Fi- well, Isla Fisher's a main actress, but she hasn't been nominated for anything. Michael Kelly, right. we both love. Um, Common is cool. I don't understand how Common's like the boss because he's way younger than all of them. But he is. Sure. I didn't even pick that. I up. think he is. But yeah, they keep saying boss. Even even yeah, Mark I Ruffalo's so. boss calls him boss, or he says sir. <laughs> um, he's but the most here's, powerful FBI agent on earth. Here's why it's below average. All this has to be the movie with the most horrible side actors and extras oh my God. ever. Everybody. 
Check Every- your cell phones. <laughs> Everybody, check your cell phones. Everybody, check. Uh, it's the side actors and extras who make this movie dumb. So you're watching it, and it's like the story's interesting, but it's really set in this world where they tell everyone who's an extra in a crowd to lose their minds at every moment. I've been to magic shows in Vegas. People do not lose their fucking minds. If anything, they're just engaged with what is happening. So it's just like not how ordinary citizens react, especially the bro at the beginning in Isla Fisher's performance when they introduce her. All the bros are like, yeah, fuck yeah, dude, she's going to escape. And then they're like, dude, get the axe, get the axe. <laughs> yeah, they, they just explain all of their actions. It's There's like more other, intense than a Super Bowl. It's, it is. It, it, I, uh, it, you know what it feels like? It feels like, and then when, it, when they're not acting crazy and they go to people in the crowd, the people in the crowd, like especially the first woman when they do the reveal about like stealing from Tressler, the first woman... She seems like a Price is Right contestant. Like one of those ones where mm-hmm. you're like, fuck you. You're not naturally this energetic. You're being weird. Um, every single moment you're on camera, it's basically like the director was like this. Hey, here, all you thousand people that were paying to be in this movie, because we have such a big budget. Scream as if you're not watching magic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> every single moment you are on screen, if you don't woo or yeah, then you are fired. Okay? You're going home with nothing. So you better do this. It's I hate this there's movie. There's a couple other. There's one. I highlight one good line and one line that I actually thought was. Uh, no, sorry. One terrible line and one line that I actually thought was pretty good. There's yeah. a terrible line that Isla Fisher says when, when the, at the beginning of the movie in oh the 15 God. minute long intro, when there's all of the, uh, the dry ice like mist coming up and then they project all of the blueprints into the air and she goes, <gasps> blueprints. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's it. Even before that is when the smoke starts rising up. Uh, Dave Franco goes, Oh, uh, smoke. And then then Woody Harrelson goes, oh, now, now, guys, it's dry ice. And then she's like, blueprints. (laughs) Dude, the script is so bad. There's there's some parts in the script that are just mind-blowing. But then there's actually Jesse Eisenberg delivers this line where he's talking about, Isla Fisher says something like, uh, like, uh, Jesse Eisenberg called her fat when she was his assistant. And she's like, I, I couldn't fit. And he goes, Rebecca fit for years. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Dude. <laughs> the it's the way he like, delivers that line, I was like, that actually wasn't that bad of a line. Uh, well, That's pretty funny. The problem with it is the dialogue. <laughs> if we're going to talk about the writing for these actors, the pro- a huge issue with this movie is that all the dialogue is either quippy one-liners or just ridiculous exposition. But there's no moments, there's no cool speeches about how the plan mm-hmm. is going to work. No, that's why our intro was a little subpar. It's just not how normal... Yeah, it's so... <laughs> yeah, really. Uh, it's just not how normal people talk. So I'm giving it a three. Nick gave it a four. Let's yeah. move on to Ocean's Eleven for acting. Okay, what did you... You lead this one off. What did you okay. give it? So I gave it a six. Same. I don't think... So here's <laughs> the problem. I, 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 I've heard from people, um, mainly my roommate... Uh, that we should be careful not to give too high of ratings. Um, I'm not necessarily saying that this is the best acting I've ever seen, but Ocean's Eleven is the the prototypical movie star movie. And it has an amazing cast and everyone is acting in a way that you just love about them. 
You know, yeah. some of them are acting Almost. different. Like Casey Affleck is different than he acts now, but he's so funny in this. Yeah. Um, Almost everyone. There's a, at least one notable exception to what you just said. What What is it? It's Don Cheadle in that terrible Oh, yeah, accent. his Cockney accent that he even regrets now. His it's, accent is Barney, dude. Yeah. It, for <laughs> it, It's Barney. Barney Robo. Trobo. <laughs> That's like a Michael Caine accent. Oh, dude. Uh, it's well, just like, me, I think. I don't know. If we're going to talk about good. this, this is like a movie about like charisma. It's like it's movie stars showing how charismatic they can be. And when we normally talk about acting, we're talking about how good the writing and directing is. You almost don't need Steven Soderbergh to have written a great script. You just need these like amazing actors to be charming as hell the whole way through. Yeah. And he still does write a great script. There are really cool lines in it. Like there's that line between Clooney and... And uh, when he's uh, Clooney and Brad Pitt, when he's like, why are you doing this, man? He's like, because the house always wins. And he says that whole thing. He's like, yeah. you've been practicing that? He's like, yeah, yeah a little. Did I rush it? He's like, no, yeah, it's great. I when, thought it was Or when great. Brad Pitt uh, confronts George Clooney about finding out that, um, that Tess is there is, or whatever. Yeah. yeah is, like is, that's is, the impetus. It, or yeah. The, or and, he, and he's like, tell me, tell me it's not because of that. And he's like, no, it's not. Okay, it's kind of because it's kind of, of yeah. <laughs> something like that. It, it's a great little exchange. I mean, it's yeah. like, yeah, like you said, it's the perfect prototypical uh, like movie star movie, and all of the movie stars except for Don Cheadle are really great. Like, um, well, Don Ross's, Cheadle's Ross's like dad good. from Friends is talks. really good. Elliot Gold is so Elliot great. Gold in this. is so good in this, dude. That outfit in, uh, when yes. you first see him, I'm going to talk about that on eye candy because it's, it's fantastic. Andy uh, Green he's is so funny. Andy Green, dude. I always and, uh, Andy, Andy Garcia, Garcia yeah. dude. It's the Padres. It would be his like, I guess, like Americanized name. Yeah, Green, Andy Gar- even though he's American. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no, no. It's That's not. Bad. Andy Garcia is no. Andy Green is the now fired manager of the podcast oh, it's, yeah it. it's something that i just keep doing yeah. andy garcia is perfectly hateable oh he's so good he is so and smarmy. he's quietly trying to be evil he's, like he's trying to keep everything under yeah. his breath and that's brilliant because yeah. that's what his character he, would be. yeah he low-key might be the best performance in this movie in my opinion i gotta say so Usually it comes down to what people think about Clooney and Brad Pitt, because these are the two big, big, big movie stars. Yeah. I personally think, especially in this movie, I think Clooney is better because there's something about Clooney that when you wa- when there's that scene when they're having dinner or having drinks the first time when it's Brad Pitt and Clooney, um, it, he doesn't move his eyes at all. And he's so calm and cool. Whereas there's something about Brad Pitt. Like I love him. He's so, he's so charming, but it always looks like Brad Pitt's avoiding the camera so that he doesn't smile. And I think mm. I've, and it's not in every movie, but I definitely feel it in this, but that's part of his character too. He's supposed right. to be this kind of like sort of goofball, charming guy who wants to be more professional than and is obsessed with wiping his mouth and, and licking his fingers. Yep. Even uh, when he's the doctor, He's like, we lost him, and then he just wipes his mouth, and I'm like, who are you? Why were you? What? Why are I you know. wiping your mouth? It's I. He's so weird like about his food thing. What is that? Ugh. Uh, Where did he get those? We nachos? should give some shout outs to the <laughs> other people in the cast. So apparently, yes. Carl Carl Reiner, legend, absolute legend. Yes. Apparently, whenever they had breaks uh, for the movie, they would all sit around and hear stories from him. A uh, little interesting trivia about me, my grandma uh, grew up 
close to Carl Reiner, and it used to be one of her uh, best friends. Like close, like personally, like friends? Close oh. in proximity and friends. Got um, it. Yeah, That's so awesome. she was really close to it. That's really cool. Man, I, I miss Bernie Mac. He's God, like dude, so, he's so funny good. all the time. He's I, so funny in this. The scene with the dealer, uh, the the van yeah. dealer, and he's talking about the moisturizer. Or when he's like, "What you want me to get up on the table and dance?" Which is actually an improvised line, I guess. Oh, really? When he's messing with Matt Damon's oh, character, yeah. Linus. Oh, that's awesome. Um, Casey <laughs> Casey Affleck and Scott Con. I want a whole series of movies with them as twin brothers. They are so funny They're together. Really great. Um, I don't understand how Scott Conn's not a more famous actor. He literally gets his roles because his dad is James Conn. Yeah. But he's amazing in everything. Yeah, he's really good. I don't know. Do you know how Julia Roberts ended up getting... You mean Sandra uh, Bullock? <laughs> Ooh, shout out to our last episode. Uh, do you know how she got the role? Or, or she got the role... Did you hear the story about the $20 bill? No. So at the time, she was a huge movie star. She's only in eight minutes of this movie, and she's great. George Clooney sent her... Uh, a $20 bill in the script. And he said, Hey, I heard you're making 20 a picture now. Hope you could join us or something like that. That's Cause good. she's making 20 mil a picture. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I do really like that. There, It's making fun of Hollywood. Mm-hmm. I love the scene with Topher Grace and all the, the TV actors at the time. I'm rolling my eyes. Joshua. Ja- yeah, but it's so funny that they're making fun of themselves. I but just also hate, they, they, yeah. you can't tell if they're in on the joke. Yeah, um, I just hate Topher Grace. Yeah, fair. So I gave it a six. Nick gave it a six. Uh, there's one other notably bad performance. The guy who's like pretending to beat up. Uh, oh, I love that scene, though. I, the scene is great, but the he's not a bad. great actor. He's like, oh, uh, she's pregnant again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that's a good line. Dude, that that's scene funny. is arguably my the funniest scene uh, for yeah, me. Okay. Um, you, you may have changed my mind because you reminded me of that line. That it's, line. The way dude, he delivers that is hilarious. He's like, oh. <laughs> dude that seems funny all right so let's move on we took a, lo- a while with that but uh six is for both of us out of yeah. seven let's move on to eye candy okay. and we'll start with oceans 11 okay. uh eye candy we're just talking about all the visual elements cinematography costumes c- cgi uh okay. everything like so that. so if you're going just in terms of sheer handsome oh it's so handsome it's that movie is Ocean's vote 11. of handsome handsome we're both all, raising our hands yeah. <laughs> It is the most handsome movie, uh, so I gave it a five, and I'm just going to end it on um, it being just extremely handsome. So, I'll ahead. get a little more technical <laughs> with it, because this is my favorite category, and I'm a nerd about like cinematography yeah, and stuff. Yeah. I knew you'd I'm, have a lot to say, so I'm just going to say it's, it's damn handsome. I'm giving it a four, and when really? I was watching wow. it, oh, it yeah, which surprising. is average, when I was watching it, I really like certain things, but there's a lot of things that feel outdated and they feel like Soderbergh, like early Soderbergh, uh, Steven Soderbergh is the director and writer. They feel like early Soderbergh movies and they kind of bother me. So I, I really like the tracking shots of the characters. I really, I, I think that's really impressive the way he does that. Um, and he has this natural lighting in his early movies that kind of like, you just feel like you're in a Soderbergh movie. It couldn't be anyone else. Um, I mostly just hate that it feels dated in that way and i don't like i don't like the location texts like now in movies there's like cool it's such a specific annoying thing but like now i in movies they come up with really creative like title cards and stuff and i just felt like these just felt like very early 2000s funny because julie and i looked up the drinking game for now you see me 
Oh yeah, and one of them is whenever a location is announced. Well, the first like, like ten minutes, but it's they like do 50. do it in Ocean's Eleven too. I didn't yeah. even think about that. But the one in I don't know, it just looks weird. There is this one thing I don't like the slow mo thing that he does uh, throughout the movie, but mostly when you get introduced to Linus, Matt Damon's character. Mm-hmm. It's called like a forty five degree shutter effect. That like it's very scientific. I can't really get into it, but it's like. Uh, he basically lets in light. Like he opens up the shutter for a long enough time and it lets in light and it looks like a series of pictures. Yeah. I don't like the way it looks. I don't think okay. it ever looked great. No, it's um, that. So, so and I the just tech wrote, is really outdated too. I just wrote in my notes, like I'm, I'm kind of lukewarm on the way most of the movie looks besides the handsome. Um, well, and, and it's because of like, like it's, I, I don't know the, dude, the costuming is the, sick though. The montages are like good and bad. And I was a little lukewarm on them. The costuming is great, so that's like the costuming and like the the design of each of the the actors' uh, presentation. Yeah, is is a huge reason why it's not like a four for me, and it's a five. But um, that's fair. I'm kind of lukewarm on the the montages, and there's a lot of them. I mean, all the all the outfits are awesome. So visually striking, they are. Everyone's handsome. I actually kind of like the <laughs> montages because. A lot of a lot of heist movies copy the way that Ocean's Eleven does it, like the swiping and stuff yeah. into scenes, yeah. and I really like that. Um, that's it. I'm just like it, it's it's a four. I, I wanted to give it a five, but it, it, there's some things that just visually bother me and Fair haven't enough. dated very well. Uh, so let's move on to uh, oh, um, now you see me. Okay, so now you see me. I think that this is where this movie. So I upon rewatching this movie, I honestly don't think it's as bad as I thought it was before. Yeah. Uh, however, this is a category where it is just a filthy, stinky pile of doo-doo, and I gave it a two because I just yeah. hate the way this movie looks in every way. I hate the way Jesse Eisenberg's character looks. I hate the CGI. I think it's garbage. Yeah. I think many of the tricks are obviously not real. The piranhas in Isla Fisher's first yeah, trick that, that, that whole scene I, I don't is so get, bad. Yeah. There's just like there's just too much crappy CGI, and I gave it a two. Yeah. I don't really need to talk about it anymore. But Jesse Eisenberg also just looks so annoying in this. I, I hate, hate his hair. I hate his. He's outfits. supposed to be like Chris Angeli, I think. Yeah, and he just is. Not. It doesn't look like that. Well, he he just, talks like Jesse uh, Eisenberg though, so it's like it's just like it just misses its mark. I think. So it's fil- so it had a high budget. It was like ninety five million or something. Ridiculous. I think that's mostly because of the cast and the locations. But it it's filmed like it has a high budget, and I it with a like big scale, like huge location set pieces. There's like a lot of CGI. I I wasn't bothered by it. But what they do is sometimes the camera shots are cool for the magic, but sometimes it's like know what movie you're in. It's a big budget <laughs> entertainment uh, entertainment vehicle. And there are shots that are like the circular tracking shots all around the characters are dizzying. It's like they're trying to get artsy with certain things and it just looked weird. Is it because they're trying to show like what it would look like if it was televised? I guess. But- no, no, it's no, it's it's more when uh Mark Ruffalo's first introduced in oh, Vegas and he's yeah. walking outside and it's like circling around him. It's so obnoxious. Okay, yeah. If anything, I'm just annoyed that they do all these like artsy uh artsy things and then like I don't know. I just, there's just like nothing about the filming like is cool in terms of cinematography or just like cool in terms of entertainment like a Marvel movie, you know? So mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm giving it a three. I think it still visually looks fine. It's not aging poorly in any way. Fair enough. Um, 
you know, I'm just slightly below average. Okay. Uh, so that's a two from Nick and a three from me. Let's move on to spectacularity. Ooh, okay. Uh, spectacularity, so, we just talk about the engagement right. level in the movie, whether you were uh, really involved in the movie or you were worried about runtime or you were Did you look distracted. At Hey, everybody, look at your cell phones. Uh, so let's talk about Now You See Me in terms of spectacularity. Um, this was a tough one for me because yeah. I don't really think that it's, it is it is engaging. It's more engaging than I remember it being. Um, but it's not perfect. I'm going to give it a four. Okay. Uh, but I almost gave it a five and I almost gave it a three. It's like, it's kind of tough because I wanted it to be a worse movie than it is, but it's not, it's like a movie that is like you said, like a big budget kind of, uh, uh, like blockbuster sort of vehicle, but it's like a crowd pleasing type. Yeah. Thing it's a crowd too. pleaser. And yeah. it's not, uh, there, there aren't too many lulls in the movie. Although all the magicians guild stuff is like, oh, it's, uh, yeah, and it is kind of interesting how Melanie Lorenz character kind of figures out, like, I really like that. The way the trick, the tree trick that she ends up figuring oh, yeah. out the secret for. Right. That's, I was like, how did he do that? And she ends up explaining it. And you're like, oh my gosh. I yeah. like that her character is like really, like she is really entertained by the magic. Like yeah. it's not even just she's a case. She's her. a fan, dude. Yeah. Uh, what did you give it? Quattro. Okay. So I gave it a three. I, here's my problem. Literally in the first moment of the movie, I'm taken <laughs> okay, out yeah. of it when Jesse Eisenberg... I don't like when scenes exist for the audience alone and aren't in, like, they don't exist in the story. Hey, guess what? The audience, unless you're doing, like, a breaking the fourth wall type thing, the audience doesn't exist. We're not, we're not in the movie. So if there's a scene where it's Jesse Eisenberg standing in front of a mirror doing tricks and stuff and then talking to the audience as, like, an intro to the movie, I don't like that. And it looks so, there's like that annoying camera movement that goes all the way around you. Like, it, just to show you a trick and just for him to do the come in, come in close. Yeah. Closer. Um, I don't like that. I also don't like that uh, there's like a series of let's, I, I, you know, every heist movie is like, here's the team. Here's what they do. Here's a little bit of their backstory. <laughs> this one is like, very quickly, they're like, here's this character. They're super famous. Uh, or they're like middling uh, magicians. Like they explain their characters. Like I feel like so the intro to this movie before the before it says now you see me is fifteen minutes long. Oh yeah, which is weird. It's the, like when the title artsy. when the title shows up, it's like kind of jarring. You're like, oh, why did they show the title now? It's right. super weird. It didn't need to be that way. But some they, movies it works. When I you feel do like that. the yeah. first fifteen minutes they kind of sum up who each of the characters are with the exception of isla fisher's character pretty okay but then they also proceed then to like talk about who each of they are in a very explicit way and it's like okay well we kind of just implicitly understood that but thanks for clarifying you know like it's not even just that it's it they do explain them but then it's like they go into a room where they're like where there's like a a plan for them to be it's like oh it's like a it's a show or something we're supposed to put on and then it's like boom we're really famous we're a big horseman thing oh and, my god and i'm yeah. like what the fuck just happened? happened all of a sudden like 
someone like Dave Franco, who just is a pickpocketer slash street magician, is someone who's comfortable being in a stadium full of like hundreds of thousands slash of people. martial artist, apparently. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's kind of dope later. <laughs> no, uh, the movie is just like feels absurd. It feels like a bunch of executives were just sitting in a room and they're like, all right. Here we go. We're coming up with the heist movie. There's going to be magic. We're going to have this character. We're going to have that character. They're going to be like, ooh, ha. And it, I don't know. It just felt like so, it felt so shallow. And they just throw you into this movie so quickly. And I didn't fucking care. Dude. And I like magic. I literally, I believe that magic exists. I know that there are explanations for a lot of what David Blaine does. I believe he's a magician. This is a topic we're going to have to get into uh, after dude, the I, podcast. I seriously believe it. We do it. not have time to delve into this. But I, yeah, seriously. Jeez, wait, but you know what? What's, you know what's really frustrating about this movie? It, it, we always talk about like the structuring and the pacing. Yeah. Um, and I, I've already mentioned like that they just throw you into this. They also give you... Ooh, oops. Um, they also <laughs> give you uh, part of the plot... An hour and 15 minutes into the movie. Yeah. You find out an hour and 15 minutes on that mark that they are secretly working for someone else and putting on these shows because someone is directing them to put on those shows. Yeah. Like they technically know they are in that, but you, they don't know who the person is and they don't explain that until an hour and 15 minutes right. into the movie. Yeah, and then at the very end, they make the movie all about Mark Ruffalo all of a sudden. Yeah. And there's like, I watched the extended version. I don't know if you did, but like there's like scenes with him and his dad and like, I don't oh, yeah. give a shit. That's not what the movie's about. Maybe it is if you throw it in at the very end, but the whole movie wasn't about that. So it, it was narratively... We're not doing originality in this, which we normally would do, and we talk about how creative it is, and yeah. I was just really frustrated with the narrative. Of yeah. It. Even, if it's, even if it's supposed to be entertaining magic heists, I still was taken out of the movie a lot and distracted. Uh, so I gave it... What did I just give it? I'm not sure. I think I gave it a three. Um, I gave it a four. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I gave it a three. All right. Nick gave it a four. Let's do spectacularity for Ocean's Eleven. Okay. So for Ocean's Eleven, I gave it spectacularity a six. I mean, yeah. I don't. Did you give it a six? Yeah, bo. Yeah, I did. You did? Yeah. Because yeah. it's like, I mean, it's one of the best heist movies. It's widely considered one of the best heist movies, and I generally agree that it should be. Yeah. It's fun to watch the whole time. The uh, the reveal of how they heisted all that money is really cool it's really um, fun and, yeah you know, especially when i rewatched it again yeah. like when i watched it again i was like oh man that is like a very intricate plot and it kind of makes a lot of sense it's really and there were even like a couple like twists that i had forgotten that re-surprised me surprised yeah. me again oh yeah some um, of them too for me yeah and i was like oh yeah they do that like yeah. dang that was yeah it's yeah. good it's great i mean i I used to really love this movie when I was younger because, I mean, it came out in, what, 03? Yeah, I think so. So yeah. I was, like, 12. I really liked it when I was a teenager. I think it was 03. Yeah. I think it's 03. Yeah. Yeah. I Yeah, I mean, this is, like, a movie that a lot of us grew up watching, and it's just so... I There's something I, I love when a movie doesn't take itself too seriously, especially a heist movie, and I love how goofy this movie is. There's yeah. not really a lost moment because it's either storyline and heist or it's funny. Mm-hmm. So I really like great all the chemistry oh, between all the characters. Yeah, yeah. all of them. Um, that's why. It, so one thing that's really cool about this movie, and I think it lends itself to the engagement level, is that there aren't really. So at the end of this, we're probably going to talk about like our favorite scenes and our least favorite scenes. 
uh, maybe quickly, it's it's hard to pick out scenes in Ocean's Eleven because it feels like it all blends together. Yeah. There's not big scenes. Like, um, there's the scene where they're all hanging out in the house together, which is really cool where you get the characters interacting, but it also is spliced in with the montage of them figuring out how to set up the plan in Vegas. Right. Um, I really like all the introductions of them. They're all really goofy. Um, Soderbergh said that he designed it to give us pleasure from beginning to end, and he really did. I also love that how he worded it. He literally worded it. He's a goof, though. That's an odd. Uh, uh, Okay. I love the jazz music that keeps you really like boom, 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 boom. Yes, the music is a huge part of the spectacularity of this. And I think it also lends to the legacy, which I'll talk about in a second, but. it, it just like when you hear that kind of music, you automatically think that you're. It's it reminds you of Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, it's I mean, really we always fun. talk about how much do we look at our like our pocket rectangles. Yeah, our cell phones, and wow. um, I was looking at it in this because I was texting you, and this is a movie where I was like, I gotta put my cell phone down, man. right? Because it's so fun. Like I love this movie. Why am I texting this stupid redheaded guy that I've known forever? This is <laughs> dumb. You know, what? I really in terms of the running gags or whatever, I I love movies that have little funny things that make you want to watch closely. So you want to put your phone down. And one thing that makes me laugh so hard is whenever Yen, the character Yen talks and people react. Yeah. Because they're like, obviously we don't know what he's saying, but then there's the one scene when Brad Pitt understands exactly what he says. And then Don Cheadle just looks at Yen. (laughs) Dude, I was laughing so hard. That's a great scene. He literally doesn't. Yeah. Brad Pitt doesn't skip a beat. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah, like, and he's whatever. like, no, well, we would actually be able to do this and that. And then John Cheadle goes, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so that is a six from both of us. Uh, let's talk about uh, next. Let's do Legacy. Legacy. Let's talk about Ocean's Eleven. I think this will be a pretty easy one. Uh, yeah. Legacy, we just talk about like where this stands in the history of movies. Is this something that we still talk about? And what were the reactions by the crowd? And what is right. its lasting legacy? Yeah, Ocean's Eleven is... I mean, did you give it a seven? No. Okay, it's narrowly a seven for me. I gave it a six. Okay. But I think that it's it's narrowly a seven in this category because like look at look at the legacy of it. Like look at how many movies it spawned, a twelve and a thirteen and an eight. Uh yeah, so what it's, it it made yeah. So I'll just give you some facts right now. So it was an eighty-five million dollar budget, which I think mostly went to the actors, but the actors all took pay cuts. So I don't really know. Although Don Cheadle got paid not a lot, so he's unbilled in each of these. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's uh, no, messed up. Uh, it's the fifth highest grossing movie of oh, it's two thousand one. Fifth oh, highest grossing one? movie of two thousand one. Uh, it made $450 million worldwide Jeez. and inspired two sequels and uh, making up the Oceans trilogy. And then it created an all-female remake sort of sequel. Well, not a remake, but just a sequel. Yeah. Oceans 8. Even though this was already a remake of the Rat Pack one from, right. the, uh, from the 60s, it was also adapted into a musical in Japan, a stage musical in Japan. No Which way. I gotta see. We have to find that. It, yeah, there's gotta be a recording someone. Um, Yeah. I mean, so you, the reason I gave it a six instead of a seven right, uh, is because I want to be a little objective about it. It has a great legacy, and I think it's aged really well. Some things visually don't age that well for me, but sure. I think it's aged. I mean, it's so fun to rewatch. Like, I'll rewatch this a lot. It's not even one of my favorite movies. It's nowhere close to being, but I, I really enjoyed it. Um, but here's a weird thing. 
It's IMDb's user rating, which is usually pretty generous to fun movies like this, is a 7.8, mm-hmm, which is the that. same exact one as Bing, 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 Now You See Me. No. Yes. But I don't. Fu- <laughs> this is this is another reason why. Okay. That you shouldn't fully trust IMDb no, user you ratings. Never trust it. They're ridiculous. They're, um, yeah, yeah. It did get a 74 on Metacritic, 82% critic uh, response on Rotten Tomatoes, and an 80% user on Rotten Tomatoes, which I will believe. Yeah. It, and it, it's just tough not to like this movie, but it didn't have. It actually wasn't as well received as we would think, even though it made a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it okay. almost was made into a. He almost made it a black and white movie. I don't think it would have done no, as well. I no. think a lot of people would would have refused to see it. A lot that of basic weird. people. That's like maybe like a cool thing to include on the DVD. Yeah. Well, I just think like <laughs> you just miss out on all the red that Julia Roberts brings to the role. Her her <laughs> outfits and her lips and <laughs> the yeah. award for most red in a role goes yeah. to Julia Roberts. Julia Roberts. Uh, uh, yeah. So <laughs> let's talk about let's talk about legacy with uh, with uh, with uh, now you see me. Okay. So this was tough because like <laughs> it is tough. It has so many. It has a sequel and apparently another sequel. Yeah, but it's probably gonna. Have I don't think one. that people. I mean, but then again, you got. Oh man, I'm just like thinking of things as I'm talking. You got so many people that you were saying. Uh, text you and say that they like this movie and it's one of the yeah shout out to our buddy nick field who is sort of a basic bitch when it comes to movies <laughs> but he's one of the funniest people i know and he was like oh, hey have i ever told you that this is one of my favorite movies when i was posting and i, I, I totally understand uh, why yeah. it would be but i still i mean like i gave it i gave it a, a two yeah because i don't think it earned it but i do think that it is it it's wait you gave it a two yeah okay hold on all but right I should change it because so legacy we're talking about well obviously we talk about like where does it stand in the history of movies right. or where does it stand in the genre I guess but it's the legacy is obviously there if I can argue a little bit with your point I give it a five I don't want to do this but I'm giving it a five above average because first of all uh it costs seventy five million. And it made three hundred and fifty one point <laughs> oh, seven million okay. worldwide. It had a sequel with a bigger budget. They gave it more money, uh, more money, a ninety million dollar budget, and it made three hundred and thirty four point nine million worldwide. Fine, I'll make it a four. It won favorite thriller movie <laughs> at People's Choice Awards. Really? It's now they're trying to make a third one. Here's the problem with like this is why I'm not going to do higher. Uh, it's dumb. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I just guarantee you that no one remembers what happened in the plot. Even if yes. they like that movie and they watched it originally, I don't think that's, anyone is talking about it. That's why I gave it such a low score to begin with. However, knowing now the statistics that you brought to the table, um, I'm going to make it a four. But it's because the questions we ask ourselves are where does it stand in the genre? Where does it stand amongst movies in general in history? And I feel like no one is like... Remember that? Remember the 2013 Jesse Eisenberg, Woody Harrelson vehicle? They'd now be like Zombieland. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you mean Zombieland? Yeah. Uh, it's like, it's not, 
I don't know. Like nobody talks about it historically, but it. I mean, apparently it's it's very well liked, and I've been talking to my younger brother Jono, and he very much also likes movies like this. Yeah, I don't want to get be, it. I get it. It's not my same sensibility, but yes. I don't want to be too pretentious, but this yeah, I don't want to be either. So I'm going. I'm going to though because <laughs> we said this is a podcast about our opinions. I think this movie is just like kind of a basic movie for simple thrills. And I like Marvel movies and Star Wars movies that have the same thing, but there's a little bit more complexity to them. And I just, I get it. This is like, it was entertaining when I saw it, but like the legacy is like, it was designed for people that just want to turn their brain off and watch a movie with their family. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Yeah. All right. So that's a five for me and a two from Nick. Yeah. No, I made it a four. Okay, four from Nick. You're right. Uh, You're okay, right. so let's end it with our new category for heist movies. The art. I'm, the art of the steel. Of the steel. Um, shout out Donald Trump. <laughs> Jesus. Um, so in the art of the steel, uh, we are talking about this as we did with the Tarantino category, feeder inches. Uh, we're talking about how, where this exists, where this stands in the heist movie category. Right. So w- when we talk about heist movie tropes, uh, was the heist plausible was it fun believable engaging in a, in a, in a way where you're like oh i really want to know how they're going to pull this off do they show it to you in a way where you're like whoa yeah that makes sense and everything before it makes sense um sort of things like that i don't know this one's the, it's hard to explain this category but why don't yeah. you start it off with now you see me um art of the steel. art of the steel so for now you see me i gave it a five okay i Oh, Jesus Christ. All right. Okay. I want to highlight a couple things. A, hypnosis isn't real. Not like that. Not like Yeah, not it like wouldn't Woody work Harrelson. that well. Mentalism yeah. is a thing. Not like Woody Harrelson. I do like there, that scene with Michael Kelly. He's like, hey, guys, it, it's it's kind of a fu- – that scene has not aged well, but uh, how he's like yeah. a trans – Yeah, he likes to role play with his yeah. wife where he dresses up like a woman. Yeah. Anyways um, – yeah, it's a weird throwaway scene. Yeah. Um, it's pretty funny, though. It is funny. Uh, it's like it's implausible. Mo- most, if not all of the the tricks in Now You See Me are implausible. However, on rewatching it, I was like, dang, this is really interesting, actually. <laughs> I, I liked it. I really did. Oh, I liked the way that they pull off the tricks and then like... Like, before we were talking, you didn't even realize that everyone goes and tackles Mark Ruffalo because he says freeze. Quarterback! Because earlier in the scene, he hypnotizes everyone to say, to like, um, to to tackle whoever says the word freeze. And you don't understand at that moment why it's freeze. God, I know, I know. And then later he says freeze and then everyone does it. And you're like, oh. It is clever. There's things like that where I was like, okay, this, the way that they do this, however, it is just basically wizard magic. Yeah. Sometimes. (laughs) Especially Isla Fisher. Yeah. Isla Fisher's literally a wizardress. Witch. Dude, she's a witch. Yeah. She like, she actually performs magic. (laughs) Like, it doesn't make any sense. She makes like cloths fly and things, but. It's it's engaging, and I think that the actual like the way that they perform the heists and then explain it is actually pretty cool. Yeah, even though it's impossible. So okay, so we skipped over uh, originality to talk about this because I I think originality really plays into this, like how creative the right. heist it's creative. was. It's creative. So, it's silly. There are a couple of things though that I just looked at my notes. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> when the, when you go into the the room that they've been planning all of this in at the end, yeah, there is a Lego 
recreation of the vault from the first trick. Oh, and really? I just wrote in my notes, Legos with like eight question marks <laughs> because like, what? Yeah, they, why is that? They had it? all those blueprints. Why did they need to make a, like, and even it's like. Because mo- Nick, it's more fun, okay? <laughs> it's, like, it's like mostly black Legos and then there's like a couple green. Who are you to say that that's not art? There's okay? a couple green and yellow Legos in there too. Oh. Like they didn't even have the right set. Oh, it's they ran so, out. It's that's so fine. ridiculous. Damn. There's a little things cool like little that. little details. And like, and like Morgan Freeman, dude, I think another great drinking game is every time Morgan Freeman says DVD in this movie. Oh, yeah. Like, Man, that has dated horribly. It's for my DVD. That's for my... Wait till you see my DVD. It's from my... Uh, uh... Anyways, that's my that's my spiel for Rod of the Steel. Okay, I mean, so Ed Solomon wrote this, and he's the guy who did... Bear with me. He did 2000, the 2000 uh, uh, Charlie's Angels movie, Ooh. Men in Black, the Bill and Ted movies... And then Super Mario Brothers. Um, Oof. But uh, so I, I also randomly follow him on Twitter. He gives like really good political points. <laughs> it's really weird. Interesting. But anyways, ultimately, I just didn't care about the heist. I, I, none of the heists were like, I was like, whoa, I wonder how they're going to pull this off. It's like, well, they could just do magic. And a lot of times. <laughs> Isla Fisher's a wizardress. Yeah, exactly. She could do anything. A lot of times they just like, okay, if it's a real magic show. Afterwards, you could go and look up or someone would like someone like Morgan Freeman's character would tell you how it's an illusion or they would kind of explain that it is an illusion. Um, So if I'm if I'm in the audience at a magic show, I don't know if whether it's an illusion or not, but you have to believe in your head that it's an illusion. But for me, it feels like real magic in this movie. You can't just show certain tricks and then later say that here's how they did it, an illusion, and then show other tricks and not explain it. Because then someone like me, I'm like, what the fuck? Did they do magic? Like the part when Morgan Freeman comes in and he's like, yo, is this your card or whatever? He's like, oh, actually, my card's not here. It's in check your left breast pocket. And he pulls out a card and it says, suck it. (laughs) How the fuck did that card get into his pocket? He that's knows not, the he knows the guy that that uh, dry cleans Morgan Freeman's. Suits. Yeah, that's probably it. Obviously, uh, if they're just gonna have a big twisty, so I'm gonna talk about a heist movie, not in terms of just the heist, but how a lot of heist movies have big character reveals later on. That's mm-hmm. kind of a trope. If they're gonna have a big twisty reveal regarding one character, so in this case, it's Mark Ruffalo, and they kind of like they kind of. A gaslight you into thinking it's uh, Melanie Laurent. Yeah, a bit I, too. When I was rewatching it, I was like, "Wait, is it Melanie Laurent?" But it's definitely Mark yeah, Ruffalo. It's Ruffalo. Here's what I don't like, and th- this happens in non-heist movies as well. If you're gonna do a big reveal about one character, every scene where that character isn't having to put on a put on a show for other people, like say they're alone in a room and there's no one else there, they better act as their normal self. Because the audience does not exist in the movie. There's a moment in Harry Potter I I always talk about uh, in the Goblet of Fire when Igor Gravenovich or whatever, the the headmaster of Durmstrang, he is secretly at midnight closing the doors to the Goblet of Fire room. And so you're, as the audience, you're led to believe that he's the one who put the the name in, but you find out later that he isn't the one who put it in. So what the fuck was he doing in that room at that night? Looking ominous. Was you that, know, I guess. Yeah. He was jerking <laughs> off into it. Um, so I, I just don't like that. And there are scenes where he's going through the crowd and he legitimately looks confused at what they're doing as a magic sh- trick. 
You fucking made this. <laughs> you al- set it up. He also sustains many a bodily injury being tackled oh, by yeah. like 12 people. <laughs> On the stage, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we fucked up. So I don't know. There's a lot of it. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't that interested in the heist stuff. I didn't find it that interesting. Some of it, I just was like, how the fuck did you even do this? You can't just explain this afterwards. Is it? They, there's just too many like things. <laughs> Deus ex machina is in the movie, and then I I don't like the way that they reveal That's the character. That's fair. It's what? hard to. But I ended up giving it a two. A out two. Of yeah. Okay. I don't like. I this knew movie. we'd disagree there. Yeah, that's fine. We need to disagree. I liked it. Um, all right, well, let's finish it off with Art of the Steel for uh, Ocean's Eleven. Okay, which what I did, think could be pretty quick. Yeah. What did you give it? I gave it a six you out of six? seven. I uh, I can't give it a seven. I couldn't give it a seven either. Um, I went back and forth between a five and a six. Yeah. And then I was just like, I'm just going to give it a five and just leave it there. Because like when I compare it to other heist movies, it's it's a very intricate thing that they do. But um, not a whole lot of it seemed like super original compared to other heist movies. It's just the way that the characters mesh together and it's it's all put together as very entertaining but i felt like that's more like the spectacularity category for the the movie i don't know if it was like i don't know uh i, know. I gave it a 5 so that's what i really gut, that was my gut rating for this and five? i stuck with it yeah. oh so a little okay um so slightly above so yeah. i mean it's definitely one thing i didn't point cool. out uh yeah. yeah sorry to cut you off um one thing i didn't point out that I really like about this is I think heist movies, a lot of times, if there's a big heist, you need to know what the stakes are and you are given the stakes of this movie very quickly for every single character, but mostly George Clooney, who's the one who really needs this to work. Um, and in now you see me, there aren't stakes except for later. They say, Oh man, if we end up going to jail, I hope it was worth it or something like that. Like, want to see the look on their faces. So I, I really like when you get the stakes so you're engaged in terms of what the heist is. Sure. Um, I do like that they they do map out everything. They let you know exactly how this heist mm-hmm. could work, but they don't tell you about the exact things that make the heist work, like the SWAT shit. Yeah. Which is why I'm not giving it a seven. Because one trope, so we just watched, there's a new Rick and Morty episode that's all about heist movies. It's amazing. And one thing that they talk about is how... Annoying it is in heist movies when they they do the heist and they get away with it and then they show you how they did afterwards. I don't like that because you could literally show me anything afterwards and it would be like, oh, okay, yeah, that probably happened. Right. I want to see – I love heist movies where they fuck up as they're doing it. And sometimes they do in Ocean's Eleven. Yeah. But secretly they had all the, all the plans that would have worked out in the end and there was like they were never going to not win. Right. Oh, another uh, good part about how it shows what the stakes are is the scene with Elliot Gold when they first meet with him. He's like telling you about the yeah, three great, the three yeah. most famous heists in Vegas that didn't work out, and the last one ends the bet the best scenario ends with a guy running out with cash and getting shot a bunch of times in the back in the middle of the street. So you know what yeah. the stakes are and how hard it is to steal. So one thing I don't like is where they. One thing that needs to happen for their heist to work is they have to knock out all of the power in all of Vegas with a machine that just happens to be kind of close by that Don Cheadle's uh, thief character happens to know exists within this secret science lab that will knock it out. And I hate that. Yeah. Because without that thing, a lot of their plan wouldn't work. It's the. Well, I guess it's just the laser part. 
Right. And I um, mean, like, that's why I'm like, it's like a lot of, I mean, Ocean's Eleven is an incredible movie. I don't necessarily know that the heist is the best, is the best part of the movie. Really. I agree. The best part of the movie is the relationship between the actors, the way that everything unfolds, the way that the heist is eventually revealed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I was <laughs> doing so, some hype noises. I'm so excited about that. No, I just agree with that. Like, that's okay. that's it. And that's why I love the movie. So... Uh, that was a six for me and a five from Nick. Yeah. Let us Let's add do it the up. overalls and then move into our uh, recs and, our, and uh, accolades. accolades. Accolades first. Uh, so my oceans out of 35 was 28. Mine too. Wow. We're yeah. the same people. Wow. Uh, wow. Look at us. Wow. Hey, hey, look at us. Look Who would have thought? thought? Uh, and then for now you see me, mine out of 35 was 16. Mine's 19. So I'm actually happy that we did this movie because I think this is the first one that's kind of in the middle for both Nick mm-hmm. and I. I don't like this movie. I strongly don't like a lot of parts of it, but I can't not admit that it's it's I a tend fun think, movie. I tend to think what Gabe yells into my ears until I experience something again myself yeah. without Gabe. And then I'm like, okay, now Gabe's being Gabe about this, though. Yeah, fair. And that's totally what happened fair. with this movie. <laughs> hey, no arguments here. Just shut your fucking mouth. Um, <laughs> But yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm giving it a 16. It's, just, it's not the worst movie. I, no. I really I really am entertained by it. It wasn't like awful to rewatch. In fact, I haven't laughed harder in a long time at a movie than I did during the whole sequence when they're stealing from Tressler. It's the most ridiculous. So Look at your cell phones. Let's get So what is that total? Uh that would be looks like 35 for now, for you, see now me. you see me out of 70. And then so uh, 50% 58 or 56 56 56 56. out of 70 which is great i mean sorry auto we added that up too slowly yeah true send us another hate mail yeah fuck you auto yeah i dare you auto (laughs) i'll read it um all right so let's get into the accolade section where we talk about some things that we love definitely we're gonna do a top five in a little bit but very quickly do you have an mvp for these movies my mvp is um i think it's got to be brad pitt Oh, see, I knew you were going to fucking say because that. Because I, I love his character in this. I can remember um, when I was, like, in middle school or something, uh, and I, like, first got into, like, drama class. Oh. Um, the, his character and uh, his acting in this was something that our, um, like, our drama teacher would talk about a lot. As, like, he made, he made a lot of interesting choices in this movie, and I just think that it, they end up working. I also want to know where he found a lot of those food. The burger he's eating at the end, oh, yeah. although it seems to have given him a great deal of indigestion. Yeah. Appears to be a very delicious that burger. A great burp. I imagine that if you know Brad Pitt's character in this, you got all the hookups for the food, and I like food. True. I so. do. I like food, too. Yeah. So, uh, Brad Pitt. I, Brad Pitt is really cool in this, too. Like, I, I like... The way he that like, he, he looks... He like most of the best lines. I agree. I, I mean, I love the end where he's like, uh, were you the groom? Uh, when he gets out of prison, he's like, oh, uh, let, me, let me guess, you were the groom or something? And then he goes, the I hope you were the groom. And then George Clooney very quickly comes back with uh, Ted Nugent called. He wants his shirt back. <laughs> and then he just smirks. Yeah, oh, it's, it's so, so great. Um, yeah, I really, I do like Brad Pitt a lot in it. Clooney, I think, is my favorite. It's like, I can't imagine a cooler role for Clooney. Is like Clooney Brad Pitt, your MVP? Yeah, I think he's okay. my MVP. Or him or the twins. Because Casey Affleck and Scott Conn are so funny in every scene. The part when they're arguing with the balloons 
is so fucking funny to me. Yeah, and like, or when Matt Damon is like, "Don't leave me in here with them," and, and they're like, Casey like has to like, he comes up with the funniest line as he's walking away after he gets the balloons. Oh yeah, I can't remember exactly what it is, but you could, it's the way he acts. It is perfect. Like he just has to come up with some last quip and he's just like you right. stupid 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 duty head or something like that <laughs> yeah. he walks away uh yeah i'll, I'll go Clooney. nick will go with brad pitt and, and you know what actually my favorite movie for both of them uh is is actually burn after reading i think both of them do like their oh, funniest the, roles the ever Clooney pit vehicle yeah in terms of comedy yeah um for do sure. you have an lvp besides um, the crowds don Cheadle's accent yeah Oh, I meant in uh, either of the movies, but yeah, Don Cheadle's accent. Don Cheadle's accent. I mean, yeah, he's the extras also, and the crowds. Yeah, my MVP and LVP just both happen to come from Oceans. Yeah, but yeah, his accent is is pretty bad. How about all the people who gave money to Now You See Me, including me? Yeah, you uh, saw in theaters? multiple. T- yeah, I did. Nice uh, with my mommy. Uh, <laughs> what's we don't need to do best scene, worst scene. Let's do this. Let's do top five Ooh. favorite ensemble or team heist movies okay the reason i'm doing that is there are a lot of yeah there are a lot of heist movies so i'm just going to explain the rules for this sure there are a lot of heist movies we want it to be one where there's a team it's got to be at least three people um because so that knocks out certain movies like uh um uh inside man or the killing like things like that where it's just like one person who's a good thief right um and it the heist or heists need to be the central focus of the movie. So a movie like Jackie Brown, like technically she's getting away with a heist, but it's not like a big planned heist. She's not stealing from uh, from like a bank or some big operation. But the heist could be anything. And and Nick and I both have, uh, our favorite one is going to be a little outside the box right. about heist. Okay, so what's your number five? My number five is Ocean's Eleven. Really? Mine yeah. is The Italian Job. Oh, cool. That's I'm- Otto's favorite movie. Is it really? Yeah, he wants to do it. At some the point. OG or the O3? I think the O3. Oh, sick, dude. Oh, damn. Yeah, I love that movie. It's one of those ones like uh, it's a common theme amongst the movies I really like. I watched it with my dad. And the OG like, one? Uh, actually, or the, the O3. The O3 I watched okay. the OG by myself. And okay. I love both. I love the, the plots of those movies. It's really fun. Man, it really made people want to drive Mini Coopers as well. Yeah. Uh, so my number four is The Town. I fucking love the town. Okay. I can't wait My to do our episode. My number four is on Logan it. Lucky. Oh, I hate that movie. I know you hate it, but like I, I, I legit it. hate that. I know movie. you do. And that's I know another you... uh, Soderbergh movie. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I know that you hate it, and uh, that's part of why I put it on my list. But I also love it. Yeah, I love that movie. I think a lot of people really like yeah, it. That's the number four. Okay, uh, I did for number three Heat. I have to put Heat is like probably the best bank robbery movie yeah, ever. See, I need to see heat dude it's one you of need those to see ones it like that 10 I just, times I know. it's so good. my number three is oceans okay yeah. cool oceans 11 oceans 11 yeah i need to rewatch the 12 and 13 to see if they go on there but i think 11 is still my favorite what's your number two my number two is reservoir dogs so is mine <laughs> yeah I, I love reservoir dogs because even though the the plot does center around a heist yeah, you get does. the whole plan it of does, what the heist it's a team. is yeah but mine then it's the dogs it, and then it subverts the idea of it's it's Breaking down the characters after the heist. It's so It's good. like the devolvement, the devolution of each of the yeah, characters. Nice. Yeah. Um, and then our number ones. Yeah, it's both Inception. It's Inception. Inception is what what I don't like about Ocean's. Uh, Inception does perfectly. I love the that. Oh, 
in Inception, there's one thing not revealed to you, the, the, the true nature of his wife and why his wife is in his dreams. But they show you all of the heists as they are going. There's the plan and everything, mm-hmm. but you are experiencing it as they are experiencing yeah. it. And the stakes are crazy. The filming is unbelievable. It's the most, it's one of the most engaging movies of all time. Yeah, absolutely. And you, the stakes of it, when I'm talking about the stakes, like I legitimately tear up. I've seen Inception more times than any movie that's not Fast Times or Ridgemont High. And, <laughs> and, I like one time it's almost three hours long and I watched it back to back because it was on HBO and then on HBO two um, <laughs> and uh, or H2O. Um, and I, I, every single time I tear up because I'm just so, I'm so um, personally involved with uh, Thomas Cobb, uh, Leo's character. Yeah. Oh, dude. Uh, some honorable mentions for me, uh, bottle rocket, uh, the Wes Anderson, uh, his first movie with Owen Wilson and Luke yeah. Wilson, who almost played the twins in Oceans. Um, Hell or High Water, uh, Rogue One. Oh, I really wanted to put go, Rogue One dude. at five, dude. It's, dude, it's the, it's a heist the, movie. It's like the stakes have never been bigger. Right, it's a heist movie and a war movie. Yeah, and it's and a, a Star Wars movie. It's a rebellion. I rebel. <laughs> Rebellions are built on hope. Uh, we got to do that movie at some point. And then I have Italian Job, Baby Driver, and Three Kings. I'm nice. not big on Three Kings. I People put my honorable mentions, or the town is the biggest honorable mention. Usual Suspects, does that count? Yeah. Yeah, Usual Suspects is... I, I almost put that... I don't like my, that movie that much. No, but, yeah. I, I love Usual Suspects. Only and then, because uh, I knew the that. The most recent episode of Rick and Morty. So oh, yeah, it's on that's there great. It's hilarious. I was thinking about putting um, on Snatch, but Snatch isn't technically a heist movie. No, it's, a, really. uh, it's a bunch of people fucking each other over. Yeah. Um, um, do we want to do a facelift? Do we need to? No, I don't think it's low enough. Yeah. And I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I, I would have. I would have just not. I think we CGI'd already talked about everything. what was what right, the problems exactly. were. Um, do you have like a best scene or worst scene? Uh, no, let's skip over yeah, it. Yeah, like, skip that one. Um, do you have a recommendation? I do have a recommendation. It's out of the box though. You should go and uh, watch the SNL sketch. Is Dermot Mulroney or uh, uh, Durable McDillett? Durable McDillett. <laughs> no, what is it? Uh, Dylan. Uh, Dylan McDermott. McDermott or Dermot Mulroney? Because yeah. the name of. Woody Harrelson's character in this is Merritt McKinney. Oh, and that's is it? Immediately, what I thought oh, of so is it's Merrick McKinney, Dermot Mulroney, Durbel McDillett. It's a great SNL. Sketch. We didn't even talk about Woody Harrelson. He's so I love him. He's great in this. He's but just great in everything. I was saving this for the end because his name is <laughs> Merritt McKinney, and it's I just a weirdly name. don't have. Um, I don't really have Google a top recommendation. Heist movies of all time. There's yeah. a 25 top 25 list. It's like the first thing that you see. Just look at those and watch as many. I as you started can. watching the movie The Score with Robert De Niro and Edward Norton yeah. on Netflix. And the beginning is really cool. It just shows nice. like how much work you have to put into even the smallest heist. We're gonna have a really nerdy watching party where we watch The Killing, which is oh, apparently the best should. heist movie of all time. Yeah, that's it's, uh, uh, yeah, it's a Stanley Kubrick movie. It's a Kubrick movie. Yeah. Yeah. There's also uh, uh, I wanted to say. Um, some Hitchcock movies get into the heist territory, but yeah. they're more personal heist ones. So next week we are going to be doing uh, a rom-com. Yeah, we're going to do a rom-com with Nick's uh, Bell, uh, his fiance. Uh, we're going to be doing No Strings Attached versus Friends with Benefits. Yep. Um, and there's going to be a big argument. Uh, I already know uh, between me and Julie on this movie. She loves uh, on this argue, movie pairing. So yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, so stay tuned for that and listen in. And then we're going to be doing a Christmas movie after that. So we'll tell you the Christmas pairing ahead of time. Oh, we don't know it? 
No, not I yet. We knew it. Oh, okay. we could do. We're, I, we're leaning we'll on. Yeah. Okay. Well, obviously, we'll talk. Right. And uh, so you can follow us on our social media. Um, please do. We would love to get more Instagram followers. Thank you to the hundred plus followers we have now. I'm very thankful for all of you. Um, let's, uh, so, so you can find us on Instagram, uh, Instagram.com slash facing off pod, Twitter.com slash facing off pod. And you can email us, please do auto sent us the funniest email that I'm going to post, um, uh, facing off podcast at gmail.com. And if uh, you haven't yet, please go rate and review on Apple. It really helps us out. Um, and, uh, oh, I forgot to do a little plug for a new website that we're on. Um, so if you are one of my podcaster friends, I got a, a lot of them out there, or those who are interested in starting a podcast, we recently switched our podcasting uh, podcast hosting platform to Red Circle after hearing about how great it was in comparison to platforms that you have to pay uh, a monthly subscription and you're limited on storage. Red Circle is a podcast technology platform that empowers creators with all the tools they need to grow, earn money, and be heard. Red Circle provides free hosting, distribution, analytics, and a unique cross promotional marketplace that connects creators so they can grow their audiences together with, uh, with other uh, podcasts. It's yeah, a really cool function. We're very appreciative. Yeah, and there's also multiple ways that podcasters can earn money with Red Circle. So learn more about Red Circle by visiting redcircle.com today uh, and follow them on Instagram at GetRedCircle. Yeah, you can find the, the link to that. Um, we'll put it in like the Spotify descriptions and, and post it on social media. Um, you want? You have a sign-off? Yeah, I got a sign-off. Everybody, look at your cell phones. Uh, everybody. Hey, it says right here on my cell phone. Everybody, check your cell phones right now, everybody. <laughs> hey, wait. Also, Nick, uh, how do you like your horseman? Fricasseed or fried? <laughs> and then you say shredded, and I go, ha, 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 I'll tell the chef. Ridiculous. <laughs>